Extraordinary Unplugged, a podcast for people looking to create bigger, braver, more meaningful lives, people who are prepared to do what it takes to make it happen. I may appear to be very confident when people meet me, but actually deep down, I've realized I I really lack confidence and I'm actually quite insecure. I'm Elka Edwards, founder of Ivy House. Last week, I caught up with Helen, who whilst having a really successful career as a teacher, still suffers massively from confidence issues. Talk to me, what's going on for you? What's your challenge right now? And of course, it may have been a challenge in the past, I don't know. In short, I've always struggled with confidence, which is probably quite surprising to people that know me because I am an extrovert and I may appear to be very confident when people meet me, but actually deep down, um, I've realized I, I really lack confidence and I'm actually quite insecure. I'm just interested, if you were to take an average day how much I know you're gonna say (laughs) do you how much of a percentage of the day would you say that you have self-doubt worry confidence issues oh at least 70 percent 70 percent of every day the whole time the whole time the thoughts are running through my head and what's that doing to you it's wasting time for Mm -hmm. one it's probably holding me back from some stuff so 70 percent of your life you are spending time, self-doubt, low confidence, not feeling good about yourself. I noticed it most when I was trying to find someone in the past, so a relationship. I always assumed that the people that I liked, liked my best friends or the people around me. And I never thought that any of them were ever an option for me. All through my teens, all through my 20s, just never thinking that I would ever find someone. And I always used to bound into rooms and chat to guys but then set them up with my friends and so I just immediately thought well that's because you know they don't want me they they want someone else and I think in a way I was actually pushing them away but at work I've always been someone that's doubted myself in any career that I've done and it's taken people to kind of sit me down and actually tell me that I'm doing a good job and so I'd like to chat through about how I can kind of be a little bit more confident deep down kind of inside rather than perhaps what I give off to people mm. when they meet me pretend confidence pretend yeah. confidence yeah what, what's confidence um believing that you're good at something I think I think believing that you're good at something might give you confidence but confidence I think is a feeling yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I Did would you? probably yeah I would agree with you Confidence is um, a feeling that we can do something, that people trust us to do things, that we are worthy of respect, that we're worthy of recognition. So where feelings always come from, thoughts, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested. I, I don't know, I think you said I've always suffered with lack of confidence or I've never been a confident person. I can't remember mm-hmm. what the exact words you were, but... I've always felt that people are better. So even if I know I can do something, I've always felt that people are prettier than me, people are, you know, better in a work context. So, you know, they're better at their job, they're better at, I'm I'm a teacher, so they're better at teaching or... So how does, how does hanging out with that thinking feel? Uh, Awful. How long has this been part of your life? Probably since school, since senior school. 
So I went to a school where everyone was very pretty. They all had the latest things. I didn't have the coolest things. I always got their hand-me-downs and then they weren't cool anymore. I never seemed to be popular with the boys. I was always their friend, but never anything more. And so I then went into university with those same feelings. Notice how Helen is providing me and herself with a story as to why she wouldn't be able to feel confident in that situation. It's that story that is keeping her stuck. Well, let's go back. It's the feelings are coming from the thoughts. Mm-hmm. So the thoughts, you went to university with a set of thoughts. Yeah. A set of beliefs that you'd bought into. Yeah, which weren't useful. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, they, <laughs> it doesn't sound like they made you feel great. No. So what's the really interesting thing about thinking is that we, um, we believe it to be true. But have you ever noticed that you can have one thought one minute and another thought another minute and they can be completely contradictory? Totally. You might even have it with your husband. Totally. Yeah. I hate him, I love him. Mm-hmm. So the the problem with thinking is it, it's really divisive. It's quite um, compelling. And we sort of think it's true. And then we live our life from that made-up truth, that random made-up truth. I want to come back, though, to, to what confidence actually is. If you had confidence... What difference would that make for you? See, this is where I'm really struggling because I think people think I have confidence. Yeah, but it doesn't matter what they think. If you thought you had confidence, let's imagine that you woke up tomorrow morning fully confident. What would be different? I'd probably seize more difficult opportunities because I would feel like I could do them. Right. Not that I want to trade my husband in for a better model, <laughs> but, you know, I might have actually thought, well, actually, that person's not out of my league mm. or mm. Um, I can do that job. Why don't I go for that job rather than not apply for it? Because so if you, what I'm hearing is if you woke up with confidence tomorrow, you would hang out with different thoughts. Yes. And those thoughts would make you feel different. Mm-hmm. And the feeling would make you behave differently. You might go for the best looking guy in the room. Yeah. You might go for the job you've always wanted. Mm-hmm. You might speak up in a group where you would never normally speak up. Yes. So all I'm hearing, let me just check in with you, is the only difference I'm hearing is if you woke up with confidence tomorrow, mm-hmm. you would hang out with different thinking. Yes. And that would drive different feeling. Mm-hmm. And the feeling would drive different behavior, which would get different results in your life. Yeah. So who controls which thoughts we hang out with? I do. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I hate it, because then I know that actually I could do something about it. Ah, that's interesting. I hate knowing the answer because it means I could do something about it. So let's talk about that for a moment. Where's the resistance there? When you, this it's always happens, when you put it like that, it sounds so simple. Ah, right. So I don't want to make, I don't want to delude you Mm -hmm. and say it's simple Mm -hmm. but I think what we need to do is get the facts straight yeah confidence is a feeling Mm -hmm. feeling comes from thinking who gets to choose the thinking we hang out with me yeah but it sounds to me like you've got out of the habit of exercising Mm -hmm. that muscle I'm going to take us off on a different tangent for a moment 
And I want to talk about the two different types of confidence. Mm -hmm. There's core confidence and there's situational confidence. So the core confidence is is what we're just talking about. Core Mm -hmm. confidence comes from believing we are somebody of value. Mm-hmm. believing we have our self-worth we might not be as pretty as the next girl and one thing i can guarantee you right there's always going to be a prettier girl uh, a, a more intelligent person you know somebody that's got more money than you have a hundred percent i can guarantee that but the feeling of being worthy of believing in who we are doesn't come from how we look the job we do it comes from inside us mm-hmm It comes from just knowing that we have a right to be here. And I wish that's something that I, I wish I'd loved myself a bit more when I was younger, as in being truly content with who I was. I think I was always trying to change according to the group that I was in. Yeah, but we can't rewrite history, but we can stop it happening now. Mm -hmm. So this core confidence, which all comes down to being connected to our innate well-being, knowing that we are born happy and well. You know, babies don't come out, don't come out of the womb where you know you've just had a baby, right? I can tell you the minute she starts toddling, you start putting nappies on her. She's not going to go, oh, my bum looks big in this nappy. Oh, my God, he's got Gucci nappies and I've only got the ones from Costco. That's not going to happen. We're not born that way. We're not born comparing ourselves to other people. We're born happy, curious, alert, a well. And then somehow along the way, we get involved in our thinking. And when we get involved in our thinking, anything can happen. So core confidence is in you. It's like walking on a rainy, rainy day. The sky is, you know, gray clouds all over the place. But do you know that there is blue sky above those gray clouds? Yes. 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. That's like core confidence. It's like the blue sky. Blue sky is always there, but sometimes it gets completely covered over by the clouds. So our core confidence is always there. It's what we're born with. It's like preloaded, if we want to talk in computer terms, but it's clouded over by our thinking. So does the environment you're in play a part in clouding or is it all down to thoughts? As in other people that you're hanging out with? That's a great question. Um, So I would say yes and no. So firstly, you have a choice about how you react to anything that is going on around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And we all know what it's like when we spend time with a friend that sucks the energy from the room, yeah, or is always telling us we're this or we're that, you know, not good enough, or a a boyfriend or a partner that, you know, is always having a go at us. So the reality is, is we have a choice how we can react to that. But my choice about how to react to that would be to not spend time in that environment. I don't need to hang out with drains. I don't need to hang out with people that are always taking something away from me and sucking my energy from me. What I need to live a joyful, extraordinary life is to hang out with tribes that fulfill me, that challenge me and support me and are my cheerleaders and enjoy things with me and I know I've got my back if something's going wrong. 
Now, the reality is, is I can also spend time, and in business we end up doing, not not Ivy House, but in historically, you know, you'd end up spending time in businesses that you'd go, oh my God, this is an awful environment. But I still had a choice whether or not to be there. And that's the thing. So yes, we can get influenced by our environment, but we have a choice to let that happen to us. What's going on for you now? You've gone deep into thought. I'm trying to think about my thoughts and, and work out what it is that gets me to think like that. Okay, great, great question. Thoughts, twelve to 60,000 thoughts a day, mm-hmm. random, popping into your head, most of which don't touch the sides. You have no idea you even have the thought. None. They come in, they go out, they come in, they go out all day, mm-hmm. in, out, in, out, in, out. Some of which you'll grab hold of. So you'll walk past somebody that you work with and they ignore you. Mm-hmm. you can grab hold of the thought of he just ignored me and then what you can do is you can attach some meaning to that thought you can go to town where they clearly don't rate me and I can see from your face that that is exactly what you do and it happens in schools it happens in universities people walk down the corridor in a school somebody they thought they were in with ignores them all of a sudden they think oh my god I'm now out yeah absolutely is for the I, I often, Helen is nodding her head I actually often say to my husband if they he's also been there as well I was like did you see it when the, the, and he's like no they didn't ignore you and I'm like but you just and, and they may have ignored you yeah right let's say they ignored yeah. you let's say they don't rate you you still have a choice about how you spend your day. You still have a choice about, I can obsess about this. I can send myself into a complete thought spiral. I can really worry about it. Or I can find out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. The chances are they were just a bit distracted getting to a class. Yeah. When I sit here and I, people often go, oh, you make it sound so easy, but it's not that easy. It, it wouldn't be easy if I asked you to do a thousand, pre- well, you might be able to do it because you're super fit, but it wouldn't be <laughs> easy if I asked you to do a thousand press-ups now. But if you did one today and two tomorrow and yeah. three the next day and four the next day, I'm guessing maybe not to a thousand, but you mm-hmm. would get high up. And all I'm suggesting is that what I want you to do is to recognize that you are not your thoughts. Yeah. You are the person that can see your thoughts. You can create some separation between you and your thinking and you can make the choice about which thinking you hang out with. I think for some people, this might be tricky to understand. What I'm pointing to here is the fact that we are the ones that can see our thoughts. We can hear them coming in and out. We can hear that little voice in our heads, you know, the one that's always commenting on everything that goes on in our lives. And it's the fact that we can hear it that shows us we're separate from it. And this separation, it's this separation that gives us the power of choice. The choice to grab hold of a thought and make it big and meaningful or just let it pass through. That is what I found. So when I first did the Ivy House programme, when I came fresh off the course, having heard heard everything, I ha- always had such a good week. And like you say, it's a bit like when you have really good intentions and you, and you exercise them straight away. And then slowly then, and then it it's a habit yeah it, it just used to and then I'd go back on another course about you know six weeks later and I'd remind myself again I go right now I really need to remember that it's so useful for me so this is this is um in the book I have um the three secrets of well-being and the third secret of well-being is it's an everyday job 
So what I'm telling you now, I must have been told four million times yeah. in my life, okay? I still forget. I still think that, you know, my husband not putting the bin out is the reason mm-hmm. I'm in a bad mood. And it has nothing to do with him not putting the bin out and everything to do with the meaning I have attached to that. Mm-hmm. And I and it doesn't mean that I shouldn't have a conversation with him about, actually, can you put the bin out? Yeah. But I don't need to get myself in the state unless I want to. Having intellectual knowledge, living from that place is a very different thing. You know, I could quote to you how to make a cheese souffle, but there's no way I'd make a good cheese souffle. I can get the recipe and I can read it out. So having the knowledge, we actually have to practice practice it. it. But that's the scary bit because a lot of this stuff is actually pretty scary. I, I found it really hard. I remember we did a session on feedback and then our challenge was to going um, ask for feedback and give some feedback. That was terrifying. Yeah, but it was terrifying because you were thinking that but, yeah. way. That's so true. what we're talking about here, I'm not saying that, you know, on the IBS program, we don't give you challenges that, that mm-hmm. you can find frightening. But what I'm saying is, is there is nothing frightening about choosing which thinking you hang out with. Mm-hmm. You know, if I made it impossible for you to have a low confidence thought, I just made, I took, took that out of your brain, made it impossible. What impact would that have on you? Oh, it would be life changing. Yeah. Now, (laughs) guess what? I don't have that power. (laughs) I do. You do. (laughs) And it would be life changing. So I want to get to the second part of confidence. So there's core confidence which is in you all the time. It's the blue sky. You are clouding it with your thinking. And then there's situational confidence, which is, as you know, I'm a coach and I'm a a speaker and a writer. So if you put me on a stage in front of a thousand people to talk about human development, I'm there. I've got that gig, right? But if you asked me to go and paraglide, to enter the Tour de France, to, to become a bus driver... Now, no situational confidence in those things at all. We're born with core confidence. We're born with a feeling of self-worth. We're born with a I'm okay feeling. What gets in our way is our thinking. Situational confidence, we need to go out and acquire. So if you want to be really good at hockey, lacrosse, rugby, football, basketball, whatever it is, you have to go and learn how to do that. If you want to be a great coach, you have to go and learn how to do that. So I, I get really interested when people go, well, I can't, I can't uh, present in front of lots of people. Well, have you learned how? Have you practiced like hell? No. Well, no, there we are then. That's why you can't do it. Learn. Learn how to do it. Go online. There are a million courses online. Get better. So... The situational confidence thing is the easy bit, right? Because you can pick on a skill that you want to get better at and never before has there been so much free learning. You can literally learn from any expert across the world how to do something. You know, if I wanted to learn how to make a cheese souffle, there will be a million classes online (laughs) showing me how to do that. So situational confidence is one thing. And in our life, there are always going to be things that we want to be situationally more confident in. Networking is something people always talk to me about. Talking to strangers, speaking up in groups, presenting, meeting strangers, pitching yourself. All these things that young people have to do now if they're going to go out and create lives for themselves. 
And they're going to have to practice. They're going to have to learn from experts and they're going to have to find out how. The core confidence all comes down to your thinking. All of it. Which is encouraging to hear. And then, annoying, right? Yeah. Like I said, because yeah. now actually there's no one to blame. No. There we are on the accountability <laughs> ladder. I've got to own it. I do. I've got to own it and, you know, do something about it. So let's talk about that for a moment. Let's talk about you go out, you know, in the morning and, and something someone ignores you, which I know has been an issue for you. Now, the thought comes in, oh my God, they've forgotten who I am already. What can you do in that moment? Well, I can choose how I react to it, first of all. Well, you can do what you just did there and then. I don't know if you even noticed what? you did. No. A sigh. No, you, you, you sat up. You took a really deep breath and you breathed it out. Yeah. So you could just take a moment and ground yourself and just go, oh, that's interesting. That thought has just come in. Now, the the most important thing is you don't try and block that thought. Just go, oh, well, there we are. That thought came in and, and left again. Let it pass through. Breathe it out. What happens if it's a persistent thought oh, that just kind of like just taps some away? Of them are. Some of them in. are. Some of them are really persistent. Mm-hmm. You just keep repeating the process and you distract yourself. You go home, put some loud music on and you dance around the kitchen. You go for a run. You, you know, do something and you just go, oh, well, I can think about that. If I want to have an obsessive 10 minutes about um, me being rubbish at my job and make myself feel really bad, I can indulge in that thinking if I'd like. Um, I'm just going to have a pause for a minute and I'll come back to it in five minutes. So see it for what it is. Yeah. Choices. A great way to think about a thinking is, is imagine it's like a computer, like a laptop. You can turn it on or you can turn it off. So I can lift the laptop up, I can log on and I can put in anything I want to put in. But I can also shut it down. Mm-hmm. And our personal thinking is a bit like that. We don't have to spend time on YouTube watching, you know, Australian grannies running through mud. We don't have to do that, if that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's about recognizing you have a choice and what you're doing, you're doing to yourself. And I know people get annoyed with me when I say this because you go, so basically you're saying I'm making myself feel rubbish. rubbish, And now I'm going to feel even worse because I'm going to judge myself (laughs) when I'm making myself feel rubbish. What I'm saying is you have a choice. And what I'm saying is you can start to exercise that choice if you want to. It's not just that. I'm also kicking myself that I've had all these years. Oh, and and you're not superhuman. (laughs) And I didn't do anything about it. I just, yeah. I suppose I just wish I'd, I wish I'd known that. So this is really interesting. You've done this twice now. You've said, when I've said something, you've gone, I wish I'd known this earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Why is that even important? You're not living then now, are you? That's, That's all true. Done. And I might have been with someone different and actually... And it's, but it's also great. all done, isn't it? Yeah. It's all done. So the past is done. What, what, why, is it, why, why are you going back to it? I just... You want to hang out I with some regretful I, thoughts yeah, for a while. Yeah, I think... Is I that just, just indulge yourself in yeah. a bit of regret? Oh, I'm going to do 10 minutes on regret. Uh, more like four hours on regret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wish I'd... Yeah, no, I shouldn't. You're right. I'm not even going to give it a second thought. How much 
of a vision do you have of yourself as being confident? Because I think something that's really coming up for me when I'm listening to you is you have such a strong story about who you are. It's backed up from your past. This is how I was in school. I lacked confidence. I did this and then I came into work and I lacked confidence. And now I'm having a bit of time out of work because I've got a gorgeous new baby and I'm lacking confidence. So you have a whole story about that. Mm-hmm. about your self-concept you've created this image but I can guarantee you when you came out of your mother's womb you weren't lacking confidence it was in you pre-programmed this is the same for all of us we have created self-concepts stories about ourselves many of which don't serve us at all and certainly don't get us any closer to who we want to be and the lives we actually want. Take some time to consider the stories that you are carrying with you, the ones that are holding you back. So I'm just suggesting that you create some new habits Mm -hmm. around the thinking you hang out with. I don't know if you remember me talking about, you know, if imagine there was a massive, massive field and, and you walked across this field you know, high grass, and you walked across this field, and let's say you did it once, would you see the path you'd left the next no. day? No. But let's say you kept walking the same path, and after maybe a month, would you see a path there? Yeah. Yeah. That's what creating a new habit is like. The first time you do it, no memory. The second time you do it, no memory. Third, fourth, fifth. What you're doing is you're creating new neural pathways in your brain. So what I want you to do is I want you to start really imagining you living your life in a truly confident way, not in an arrogant way, not in a boastful way, but just believing in who you are, believing in what you're here to do and actually keep imagining that. And as you keep imagining that, you'll be walking that grass and you'll be trampling that grass down. And in your brain, what it's going to do is create a new pathway. So it becomes so much easier for you to see yourself in that way. So much easier. I'll give it a go. <laughs> you'll give it a go or you'll commit to it. I'll, co- I'll definitely commit. I well, just, like you say, I just have to keep reminding myself. And the way to do that, and I I think this is really important for everybody because what happens is people come on our courses, they read the books, they they listen to webinars and all the rest, and they go, yes, 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 Mm -hmm. I get it, I get it. And then guess what? Life takes them over. Mm -hmm. You know, as I say, we work in this business every single day and we have to remind ourselves. So when I walk the dog, I listen to a book, I listen to an audio, I listen to a webinar or a podcast that is going to remind me that I have a choice which thoughts I hang out with. Yeah. And as I say, you might decide, you might have a thought that goes, I'd really like to be better at, I don't know, you know, teaching rugby. I'd really like to be better at that. I'm going to, I'm going to go and get some situational confidence on that. I'm going to go and learn how. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. So that's not a negative thought. That's a positive thought going, I don't have the skills I want. I'm going to go and learn them. The negative thought is, oh my God, I'm a disaster. Nobody's going to like me. I'm rubbish at this. I can't do it. And people always go, well, you don't understand. You're not in my head. You don't understand that I can't stop having those thoughts. I'm not asking you to stop having them. I'm asking you to stop hanging out with them them and focusing on them and making them bigger than they are, attaching meaning to them. And that's the work. And I always think people would love me so much more if I could hand over a pill and go, here you go. 
Now you're not going to focus on those thoughts anymore. They don't really want to do the mental exercises that this takes of just noticing, being okay with it. I'm having some really negative thoughts again, just going, oh, well, there we are. Right. I'm going to go for a run now. That's it. I know. You'll have them. Let them be. Let them go. Give them no attention and they'll come back again and you'll do the same thing again. And that's fine. And eventually, you know what? They're just going to run out of steam. You're right. I just no. I was about no, no. Go on. I was it's about fine. to make excuses. I was about to make excuses. <laughs> so, and this is really interesting. You can you can keep making excuses, and you you mentioned the ownership ladder, yeah. which you know we talk about a lot of your house. Is that you have a choice? You can blame others and the situation. You can blame your history. You can blame the fact that you believe you were born this way, and it it's always been this way, and therefore, you know, I don't want anyone telling me I don't have to be this way. You don't have to be this way. What I'm telling you is you have a choice. And the way to it is to separate yourself out from your thinking. Meditation is a great way of doing that. It's a great way of noticing how many thoughts come in and out of our head, how easily it is to get distracted. Listening to audio is another brilliant way of doing it. Listening to podcasts. Reading. Just a bit every day. And that's the choice you've got to make whether or not you want to hold on to the story that you have really well crafted. You've got lots of nooks and crannies in your story, lots of reasons why you are the way you are. And you can carry on with that story if you want. I'm not going to take it away from you. Or you can create a new story. You can imagine a story. You can see yourself getting up in the morning feeling great and and not even noticing somebody's ignored you and feeling good about who you are. You could create that vision in your mind. We all have our own stories and self-concepts that we're carrying around with us to justify our behavior. Things like, I've always been shy, I'm hot-headed, and I'm an emotional person. Really, what these stories are, are examples of behavioral habits. If you habitually choose anger as a behavior, It doesn't mean you're an angry person. It means that you regularly choose anger as a response to the events that are happening around you. And we have a choice about these choices. Helen, if she wanted, could choose a different behavior. Yes, she may need to practice and build up her ability to do that, but she still has a choice. What stories are you carrying around with you that maybe it's time to let go of? Thank you, Helen. No, thank you very much. So what's fascinating about courageous learning is that we can learn from others. We can learn from books. We can learn from webinars, from audios and all the rest of it. But actually, the best teacher that we never listen to is ourselves. So I'm really interested to hear what advice you would be giving yourself if you were 17 now. Right. So this is a little letter that I wrote. And when I sat down to write this... I didn't really know where to start because there is so much I would love to have known when I was younger. So these were just a few things that were really applicable to me. So, dear Hells, have you tried anything new this week? If not, why not? Uh, Particularly when you're at school, you're in the perfect place where opportunities are right on your doorstep and you have the support network to help you if you stumble. There is so much you can learn about yourself along the way. If you don't try, you'll never know. 
Along the way, understand that things will go wrong and won't always go as you thought they may. Don't blame others. Own your mistakes. Yes, you don't always get it right. Don't be so stubborn. Learn from them and become a stronger, more colorful person as a result. Don't get attached to just one group of friends and dismiss people because they don't look or talk the same as you. Never prejudge. First impressions can be deceptive. Take the time to get to know people on a deeper level and always be yourself. Love yourself, every part of you. Don't be shy about your passions. Embrace them and live each day as if it's your last. Don't get hung up on a life plan. For example, when you want to be married, how many children you want, when you want them, etc. Just have fun, be yourself, and the rest will take care of itself. Don't ignore what's right under your nose. Passion is excellence. Be kind to yourself. Love your number one fan. <laughs> That's lovely. And of course, I'm always struck when I hear these letters of, you already know this stuff. Yeah. Believe in, I mean, the message there was believe in yourself, love yourself, mm-hmm. enjoy yourself. And one thing, actually, I was, when I wrote that, I realized I kept loads of passions I loved a secret because I was embarrassed by them. And actually, it's only recently when I've embraced them and not been shy about them that I've then met other people that also have the same passions. And hey, we have a great time together. Who knew? And I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. I don't have to pretend to like something because someone else likes it, which is the other thing I wrote in there about, you know, kind of judging what you think people might be like because actually they may be wearing a mask and therefore neither of you have acknowledged that you love the same thing my final reflection on our conversation this evening is how much time have you spent really getting to know yourself and really starting to enjoy yourself and understand what you love and what makes you truly joyful and happy and excited and maybe if you focus more in on who would you want to be you know how do you want to experience life and stop worrying about everyone else I can tell you now, not everyone's going to like you. Not no. everyone's going to rate you. But you need to like you. Yeah. So enjoy getting to know yourself a bit more. Stop worrying about what everyone else is thinking. Yeah. It's so irrelevant. Mm. Sing Hamilton from the top of my voice. Yeah. yeah. Do what makes, makes you happy. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Extraordinary Unplugged, brought to you by Pixel our wonderful sponsors, and Ivy House, a team on a mission to bring life-changing learning to students, teachers, and corporate organizations. If you know anyone that would benefit from this podcast, please share it. And to hear more, please subscribe. To find out more about Ivy House, you can visit us at ivyhouse.co.uk.